Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. <clears throat> so if you're wondering, my left pocket is filled with these. And this is a shameless plug for Switzerland, who is already rich enough, but we need more money. So Ricola is a Swiss company that makes these awesome cough drops that uh, are, have no sugar in it. And... Um, there's a whole story behind it, which I will not go into, but those who have seen it uh, will remember the commercials where this tiny little guy was running after all these Swedes and Germans claiming that they invented Ricola, and there was this tiny little Swiss guy knocking on their doors and say, Wer hat sie Which means, who invented it? And they said, the Swiss, <laughs> you know. So... Um, so I will probably eat some of those today in my talk <clears throat> to keep my, uh, my cough down a little bit. Um, I'm really excited about today's talk because um, we're going to talk about something really precious. And uh, I asked the ushers to hand out another little ornament card for everyone and ask everyone not to write anything in it. And if you did, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But I just want to guide you through another exercise today that will hopefully deepen your understanding of how love connects to hope and how love connects to our dreams. And that's what's really today's talk is about. So again, we are preparing ourselves for the birth of Christ. We're talking about love today. And we really talk about in the story, literally, the birth of Christ. It's very significant. And I'll do the same thing. I'm trying to give you some time back that I you know, took two weeks ago. So I'm trying to be a little bit more concise today. So the details of this story is going to be on, uh, in the sermon notes. And now that you have downloaded the app, and I'm sure all of you have already done that, can now go to the sermon notes and basically see all the details about the story. But I will just briefly talk about it. What happens in the story from a literal perspective is four things. Everyone has to register. Mary and Joseph have to travel south from Nazareth to south of uh, Jerusalem, Bethlehem. And then Mary gives birth to Jesus, and then Mary wraps Jesus in bands of cloth and puts him in the manger. All these four milestones, so to speak, actually are metaphysically relevant. When we talk about the registration, and that's probably making a lot of sense nowadays too, is we're talking about human laws. But we're also talking about the busyness of life. So in that early part of the story, it's simply saying that we're, we're all always driven by some demands of life. Society has demands on us 
laws have demands on us. We have to do certain things. Society expects us to do certain things. And we get really busy about that. And often forget throughout that, that we are a spiritual being also. That we have to deal with reality, with the humanness, yes, but we also have the spirit. Mary and Joseph traveling, um, in metaphysics, direction has a meaning. So traveling from north to south actually means from the spiritual to the physical. And if you are familiar with unity teachings and metaphysics, then the spiritual is the idea in mind that we have about our own divinity. And then letting it travel south means we bring it into the spiritual. If you're familiar with chakra work, then you can imagine that the seventh chakra, your crown chakra, is in the north. That's Nathuris. And your root chakra, right down here, your first chakra, is Bethlehem. And if you study any, any of the, the Eastern philosophies, you know that that actually matches up well, from the spiritual to the physical. The third one is giving birth to Jesus. And like I mentioned before, um, Jesus Christ is a representation of our own spiritual gifts. So it's not just about this one man being born 2,000 years ago, but it's much more so about the idea that we have the power and the responsibility to allow our spiritual gifts to be born that is ours to do. We do that together with God. God doesn't do it for us, but God gives us the potential to do it with us. That's important. Without us actively saying yes to ourselves, nothing will happen. And when nothing happens, then we'll see that in the rest of the world, through wars, through disagreements, through conflict. So we must take action. But the fourth one is important too, especially around the Christmas story. And I cannot emphasize enough that we must tender to that spiritual gift when it first is being born, okay? Because it's very fragile. The gift itself, its source, is powerful, eternal, and infinite in its nature. But because of our limitation that we put on ourselves as human beings, when we let it born, it's just kind of like a tiny little fragile flame. Not because it doesn't contain the power, but because we don't allow that power to be. And in that instant, it's very easy for anyone else to come and just go and extinguish the flame. So when Mary wraps Jesus in the cloth, that is us protecting that flame. And I think we forget that. I think we, we get easily that we have gifts that we want to have come forth. And then when we try, 
as soon as we get some resistance from the outside, which often happens, we just let it extinguish again. So we must learn to do both, to allow the gift to come forth, but then also to protect it. Okay? And surround ourselves with people who help us protect it too. Join groups, join communities that are aligned with what we want to create in our lives because they can help us to protect that. So then again, the characters here and the, the different meanings, we have Mary and Joseph talked about spiritual harmony before. Mother, Father, God, that's their representation in the earthly manner. It's between feminine and masculine, the intuitive and the wise. The newborn Jesus is our spiritual gift. Bands of cloth, here is Charles Fillmore's, our co-founder's interpretation, the helplessness of man's thoughts about the new life. And then manger is the limitation of the physical nature, the physical nature in which the spiritual is born. Okay. So spiritually speaking, we are infinitely powerful. But as soon as we move it into this world, it becomes weak because of us, because of our choices. And I will talk about this a little bit more today and how we can, get, how we can learn to strengthen that. <clears throat> so most importantly in this story is really that Mary means love. And that's today's theme. Mary means love. Joseph means wisdom. Love and wisdom go together. One without the other is directionless. And you will see this in a minute what that, what that means. Love is the power that drives creation. That's unity metaphysics. The power of love is our ability to desire. To have desires and fulfill desires. And that power of desiring, loving, is actually the creative power, and that power is needed in order to drive anything. If we no longer desire, we're stagnant and nothing happens. We must learn to desire in order for the world to actually move, for our world to move, and for the entire world to move, and for the universe to move. That's a spiritual truth. And it all starts with a hamster. Can you believe it? It all comes down to a hamster. Because when I think of a hamster, I think of one thing, and I'll get there in a minute, but let's think of this picture of creation. And we know that in unity we believe in oneness, which is often represented with a perfect circle. Right? There's only one. And then we have the infinity symbol that represents God and us working together. Remember, God and us cannot exist without each other. God does not exist without us. We do not exist without God. That might strike you uh, a bit, um, you know, like heresy even, or you go like, oh my God. But if you really think it through, when you, when you think through the theology that that we follow, which is closer to Eastern philosophy and theology than Western, then it must be true. 
God cannot exist without us, and vice versa. Okay? We have this bond that can never be broken. Now, that circle also represents something else. Um, and here is where the, the hamster comes in, right? So <laughs> I love this image because Paul Hasselbeck and I, um, years ago, we, we tried to explain, how are we explaining the 12 powers to people, how these 12 powers work together? And then we came up with the idea, or maybe he was, he came up, I can't remember who it was, except, you know, the power of love, the, our ability to desire is a driving factor. It's like a hamster wheel. You know, the hamster is turning that wheel all the time. And if that doesn't happen, nothing would happen. So fortunately, we are like hamsters. You know, that's what we are supposed to be. So we're just spinning. And, and, and I found this picture, which I thought was really awesome. That's really who we are, right? So in a way, we have this invisible hamster wheel around us. And we walk around the universe, um, the world, in this hamster wheel. And we're trying to, um, to desire our way through it. Okay, And as soon as we stop, nothing happens. But as long as we go, then everything happens. So we have direction at the very bottom. So love, capital L love, is necessary for that wheel to turn. We actually must learn to desire correctly for that wheel to turn in the right direction. If we stop loving, and if, we've, if we stop finding love, that wheel stops. And then nothing happens. Then life happens to us. That's when we, what we call, arrive in victim mode. When things seem to happen to be out of our control. And everything happens to us. It's often because we don't understand our own power, but also because we stop turning that wheel. And understandably, who, who doesn't get tired once in a while, right? We're so tired from doing all that stuff, but we are tired because we're doing the wrong stuff, to be honest. I mean, in my case, I pay so much attention to stuff and turn the wheel to stuff that really doesn't matter when it comes to my spiritual healing, right? If I focused a little bit more on my spiritual healing, then I probably wouldn't be as tired. So then we go back to this pyramid from a couple of weeks ago when I said hopeful desires to come true are anywhere from the top down to the bottom, and at the bottom we find love, and then we can replace that with love and desire. And again, capital L, love, is the love foundation at the very bottom. There's very little to do with the love that we usually associate ourselves with. It's the love that exists at all times in an infinite state, just like peace that I talked about last week. Remember the keyboard? And I played this sound as a representation of something that never changes. And then Larissa played on top of it, and that's our life. And then I kept playing the sound to represent peace. Well, love is the exact same thing. Exactly the same. That's capital L love. And desire is little l love. 
because they go together. Desire is, you know, I love to have a car or I love to have a, a kind relationship. It has both. It has both the capital L love, right, that infinite potential, but it also has a lot of limitations around it. And one of the issues here, problem number one is that love and desire needs direction. Ideally informed by true love, by God love. Okay? So when we hope and dream and we put our desires on the little ornament, we want to make sure that it's enough informed from the foundational love so that it gets direction. Because if it doesn't have direction, guess what happens? It goes all over the place. And who doesn't feel that way sometimes? That we're doing so much all day long. Have you ever had a day, just the other day, I, I worked like 18 hours. At the end of the day, I couldn't remember what I did in the, in the beginning of the day. Have you ever had that? It's crazy, right? So it feels like sometimes we're all over the place, and when we don't give love, desire, direction, then that's going to happen. Then God, as this infinite potential, the Higgs field, that potential of all things, doesn't know what to do with it because we're shooting all over. We're saying, we want red. Oh, no, we want green. No, we want blue. We want up. No, we want down. We go all directions, and kind of God gets confused and doesn't know what to do with us, if you want to see it that way. Or we're dispersing the energy that we have too much. We're so scattered that we cannot muster enough energy to bring that potential into actual creation and manifestation. Does that make sense? Okay. So then, what we need to do is we need to focus, laser focus, and apply wisdom, capital W, wisdom, to love, to give direction and drive forward, to forward our desires. We need wisdom which is not only understanding something, but actually coming from a place of experience and knowing something deeply down. And then we need to focus it and connect it with the desires. And that gives that direction. That's not a unity only truth. It's not just a Christian truth. It's a universal truth you will find in all religions in all writings, in all teachings. We need to focus and apply wisdom to move forward. And funny enough, love and wisdom together is compassion. When we apply compassion to ourselves and others, we give love direction. It's the most powerful emotion and action we can apply is to be compassionate with someone, to hold someone in our arms who is struggling, even though we may not. To be compassionate, but not passive, but instead active, and help them in any way we can. 
Problem number two is digging into love because from its core as a spiritual being, there's nothing that stands in our way, right? Makes sense. However, this is who we are. We're buried under this pile of rocks, each rock being a burden, a judgment, a worry, a regret, a limitation that we put on ourselves over years and years and years until that beautiful picture of us is no longer visible, but it's buried under this pile of rock. And the only way to get these rocks off us is to let go, to release, to use a unity denial, which is removing the power we give to anything that stands in our way, and to forgive. It's a really cool picture, right? I love seeing myself like a pile of rock walking, walking around and said, all I need is just to take these rocks off and then finally I'm this beautiful being. And, you know, Charles Fillmore says it, forgiveness is a process of giving up the false for the true. It's related to repentance, which is big in traditional Christianity, but it's also turning from belief in sin of doing something wrong to believing God in God and doing something right. It's just a shift. That's why we pray affirmatively. We don't pray and beg God to forgive our sins because we have the power to do that on our own. But we affirm what is true about ourselves by saying we're letting go of what is wrong from us uh, that we believe is, is us. And instead, we allow that truth to come forward. Ultimately, forgiveness is an action we can take out for ourselves and others without having to be directly responsible for the burden in the first place. I say this again. Forgiveness is an action we can take for ourselves and others without having to be directly responsible for the burden in the first place. And you might go, that's not possible, but it is. And I will go over time, I apologize already, but this is important. Who knows Dr. Hugh Len? Ever heard of Dr. Hugh Len? Psychiatrist working with the criminally insane in Hawaii. Starts ringing a bell. Okay, let me give you just a quick story. Dr. Hugh Len took on a job as a psychiatrist and maybe even clinical director at this hospital for the clinically insane. It was a hospital in Hawaii where murderers and rapists and really the, the worst of the worst uh, were kept and they were under treatment, lots of them without parole, um, living out their lives, but they were supposed to get treatment, psychiatric treatment, because they were um, uh, judged as criminally insane and were in this special hospital. When he arrived, that hospital was really kind of like in, uh, in this disarray. It was like paint was peeling off the, the walls and when they tried to repaint, soon later it would peel off again. The staff was like really down and just walking around like this. It was a really gloomy place and of course you can imagine 
you know, one would say if you're around criminally insane, that's a tough, stressful place to be. And uh, he arrived there and was supposed to, to work with those criminally insane and see what he can do. But, you know, everyone kind of knew, well, they're hopeless, we can't really help them, and, and all that. A terrible, terrible place to go into, right? So here is what he did. And that's a true story. He, um, I'm going to mess up our musician's music. Not too much, hopefully. So just imagine. He had a file on everyone. He was in his office every day. He would come at time and leave at on time. And he would sit in his office and he would pull up the file of every single person. He would read what they have done, their entire history, their diagnoses, and everything. And you would think he would then have them come in and have a talk with him, right? But no. He will put it on his lap after he had read it, and he will practice the Ho'oponopono practice. The Ho'oponopono practice, which is the ancient Hawaiian practice of forgiveness. He would sit down, open it up, turn within, connect with that person, and he would say, I am sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. I am sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And he did this without ever seeing any of the inmates. But soon after, things started to change. Months, maybe a couple of years after, the staff started to feel happier, and the inmates started to change. And many of them, but maybe a few, actually were able to go back into the normal prison situation, completely healed from their disposition by not seeing one single patient, but only using this practice. This is written in books. This is a well-known story. You can type in on YouTube uh, his name, and you will find lots of stuff where he talks about what he did. And what I want to do today with you is to practice this. Because when you think of yourself as being one of those pile of rocks, you know, one of those beautiful beings, completely covered by the pile of rocks. I want you to know this practice, and I want to practice, want you to practice today so that you will never forget. The beauty is, like I just said before, that we don't have to be directly responsible for the burden that was put on ourselves or anyone else. We can use the Ho'oponopono practice regardless. This is what Dr. Len did. He did not know these people. He had nothing to do with their crime. All he did, he said, I am sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. That's what is love. So please pair up. A and B, remember? 
and pair up with someone else if you want to be challenged. Not always the same person, that's always fun. Just find a partner, okay? <clears throat> this is going quick, so don't worry. Find a partner and select who is going to be A and B. And as you know, no one can tell whether you start or not by now. Okay, find a partner. Anyone? Queen? Faith? Would you, would you want to work with Queen? Awesome. Carter? Anyone for Carter? Anyone alone? Okay, if you're at home and you're by yourself, just use a mirror. Patty? Carter? Don't worry. You don't, have to, you don't have to reveal your darkest secrets, so don't worry about it. Okay, good? All right, so you have someone. So what, what, what I want you to do right now is I want you to notice how you feel. You might be a little nervous doing this exercise, but notice how you feel. And the first thing we're going to do is A's are starting today. So the A's are going to talk for one minute. And the A's are going to share with the B's any burden, just one burden, that bothers them right now. Don't try to make it a huge tissue issue, you know. Um, but uh, if, if so, that's fine. Whatever you're comfortable with. You don't, you know, even the tiniest little thing, right? That the coffee wasn't hot enough this morning or whatever. Whatever burdens you, right? So the A's are going to start and the B's are going to actively listen. Okay, ready? Go. All right, and now the B's are going to turn toward the A's and they're going to say the following, the Ho'oponopono. There it is. That's all you need to say. Notice how you feel now. You only have to say it once, guys. Okay, now switch. For one minute, the B's are going to talk about their burden, and the A's are going to actively listen. Ready? Go.
And I have this wrong down there. Now, of course, the A's who actively listened, they're the ones who are going to say the whole porno porno. Notice how you feel now. Now, I was going to go down with microphones and run around, but looking at the time, um, shout out how you feel right now. Good, peaceful, what else? Better, do you feel a change? Light, right, forgiveness. Of course, if we pile, take off these rocks, we must feel lighter, right? Okay. Very powerful practice. I encourage you to put it in your repertoire for your spiritual practices because just like praise, you don't have to feel it for it to work. But you will find, probably you already found in this small exercise with a complete stranger maybe, that as you were saying, I am sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you you may have felt maybe something, that a connection, a deeper connection. And even though you know that you had nothing to do with the burden, you may have felt the power that you have still. That is the power of the Christ within us. I'll let you read this on your own as we get ready for meditation. And your little ornament now, I want you to write in what you still hope and desire for yourself and your community, but maybe now with a greater understanding what it means to put direction into your desire and what it means to be forgiving as you hope. And at any time, just feel free to put the ornament up on the tree during meditation or afterwards. <clears throat> but let us just take a few minutes to let this sink in because I wouldn't be surprised if it still works on you. to start at the beginning, the beginning of the story of the birth of Christ, the birth of our spiritual gift. So let us settle our heart and mind, our love, our wisdom, and allow ourselves to come to perfect peace, the peace which passes all understanding. And as we connect with that peace, we find love just beside it. That love that we truly look for, the love that we seek when we look into the eyes of our loved ones, the love that we feel when we are overjoyed by the gift that we may receive. 
God is all of that. God is peace. God is love. God is at the foundation and the core of all creation. And the more we are willing to practice and meditate and pray and connect with that peace, that love, we get to learn that we already have been and always will be part of that creation. So when we desire, when we allow in meditation to dive deep and bring about our intuition, our feelings, our thoughts, And when we put together those desires, we now know that they need just a little help. A little help of focus, of direction. And that direction can come from anywhere. It can come from ourselves, from our loved ones, from people that we may just have met. So together right now in meditation, we learn to focus with, with one-pointed faith and allow the hopes and dreams and desires for our future and that of this community to have direction. We are part of this together. We're not just alone. We have the power alone, yes, but we're much more powerful together. And as we say goodbye to this place, and welcome what is new. We allow ourselves to come on this journey, not alone, but in community. That is love. Love is patient and love is kind. And love bears all things. And we are just part of that. So let us close today with a few moments where we get to find those things for which we are grateful. Let's dive into that gratitude that heart-opening sense of curiosity and knowingness that all will be well, not just because it is always so, but because we make it so. So in that gratitude, we find words of thanksgiving. We say thank you to the people that are close to us. We say thank you 
to ourselves for hanging in there. And we give thanks for this community who is helping us to stay steadfast in love. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.